Coming up, can the Cleveland Guardians take down the New York Yankees in a postseason matchup? And would the end of the season be as entertaining if we didn't see all these records being chased? Breaking it all down next on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, down my portfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on little Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. Today we're talking to Sully Baseball because it's Mondays with Millard. So we talk to Sully Baseball every Monday about what's going on across Major League Baseball. So let's jump right into it. The pennant races are wrapping up, but we're not wrapping up what we're doing here on this show. No siree, no Sir Bob. It is another Monday with Millard. This is a Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover. Let's light this candle. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to the Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover. This is the show that we do every Monday. We talk about all of Major League Baseball Who's, who is the we you're referring to? Well, that would be me. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. You can call me Sully, who's about to finish my fourth season with the Lockdown Podcast Network after podcasting for well over a decade about baseball. I've also been a television producer, a comedian, a writer, a bunch of other stuff. But that's not important right now. What's important is this guy right over here. That's Miller Thomas, who's normally the host of Lockdown Diamondbacks. But every Monday, he shows up at my front door and says, please, let's podcast. I say, okay, but only if we could be in a different room. So, Millard, tell people where you, uh, who you are and uh, where they can follow you. Yeah, I usually come to the door begging Sully to do a podcast. Follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram. We're on YouTube. Locked on Dimebacks on there as well. And, of course, we're on all your podcasting platforms. There you go. Now, uh, by the way, you can follow us at Locked on MLB Pods. On Twitter and on Instagram, I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. So we're recording this in the afternoon of the 25th of September, 2022. Full disclosure, uh, the Red Sox and Yankees haven't played yet. So Aaron Judge may have hit four home runs, for all I know. Um, It's amazing. As you you and I both grew up with the Red Sox, it's Mm -hmm. late September, Sunday night baseball, And other than the curiosity of judge, there's zero, there's zero excitement about this game. You know, that for, even for me, a lifelong, you know, native New Englander rooting for the Red Sox since I was a kid, lived in New York. And just a year removed from these two playing a wildcard game, there's just this game other than judge is just 
flat as a pancake. And I the game on Saturday, I'm convinced every Yankee fan wanted the Red Sox to tie the game in the ninth so Judge could have one more at bat. Yeah, sadly, there's no intrigue in this game. It's more on the Red Sox for just falling apart in the second half with injuries and a whole bunch of poor play. So really, if you're going to watch this game, it is for Judge in that home run record chase that he's going after. Personally, for me, I'm also in a fantasy matchup where I have Nestor Cortez going against the Boston Red Sox. I'm recording this before the game, so I need a big Nestor Cortez start to secure my spot in the championship finale. But that's just a little personal vendetta for me. But overall, not a lot of intrigue in this game. You're watching it. They're going to cut on MLB Network, uh, even Sports Center, every time Aaron Judge is up at the plate. Because right now, this is, you know, Sully, I mean, maybe you want to do like a quick ranking, but like this is like one of the most interesting narratives that baseball has had since like, what, 2010, basically? When you think of like maybe the Astros scandal of the Otani spectacle, like Judge's home run chase for 61 right now is like right at the top of the biggest storylines that baseball's had over the last 10 plus years. Well, I'll tell you, uh, by the way, it's amazing that as recently as July 16th, the Red Sox were a wild card team. It just seems like that seems like a, a decade ago. Um, I think it's been a wonderful thing for baseball. I'm going to point something out. I was listening to the Guardians Rangers game because it was a potential clinching game, and, they, and the Guardians did indeed clinch it. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But uh, Tom Hamilton, the announcer, the wonderful announcer for the Cleveland Guardians, uh, reminded us that we weren't even sure we were going to have a season this year. There was that lockout. Remember, that was this year. It seems like a long time ago. But remember, it was that was this damn year that we weren't sure. Are we going? Is it going to be eighty-two games? Is it, or do we have to wait till June? What's going to happen? And the fact that we got a full season and a fun season—not a great season. A great season is one where you got pennant races going right down to the wire, and you know, and total anarchy. But. Mm-hmm. The gift of having a season with so many great individual moments, so many great highlights, and to come down the stretch where we're watching games, waiting for home run 62 and waiting for home run 700, that you had the dual home run stories going on in September, and it looks like they're both going to come to fruition. Pujols, you know, I toyed with the idea of going to the game at Dodger Stadium on Friday, and I decided to... Um, have dinner with my sons and I made the horrible decision of being a decent father but Mm -hmm. uh, because I could have seen home run number 700 for Albert Pools but we did watch a great mystery science theater film Gamera but that's neither here nor there but we that's been the thing that's given the baseball juice in September is the excitement of seeing you know Pujols's home run incredibly unlikely home run chase and now uh, having um, the uh, the judge chase going on. And there's a little bit of pressure going on here because the Yankees are going on the road tomorrow. And you know Yankee fans want them to at least tie Maris and maybe get both of them at home. And he hasn't homered in each game against Boston. And, and that that adds a little fun and, and juice to the series. And, and you know, frankly... Uh, it's what's the cool if, if you're not going to have great pennant races down the stretch and we really don't this year um then individual races like this are just tremendous
and I guess we'll still look at the Phillies versus Brewers versus Padres in the NL wildcard race because, I mean, the Brewers have basically right. been a game and a half back of the third spot for, like, what, a month and a half now, it feels like. They just can never get any closer. Yeah. And for the Phillies, I mean, we talk about the Mariners breaking their playoff, you know, curse. We know the Phillies have the longest playoff, you know, active longest playoff, you know, not going to the playoff streak in the right. National League right now. And then actually, yes, yeah, and the, the, the yeah, so they want to make the postseason too. So them collapsing at the end of this season, if you know the last final games of the year, if they just somehow miss the postseason, that would be really sad for Phillies fans. But this Judge home run streak is probably the best narrative we have going at the end of the year. But I was doing the research and just looking through the all the all, all the all time stats after the Albert Pujols home run, and I didn't even realize, or I probably realized at the time, but I forgot. Miguel Cabrera also got his three thousandth hit this season. He did that back in April. Like that's a milestone moment that I think we just kind of forgotten about this year because it didn't happen at the end of the year. We didn't have the build up throughout the year like Albert Pujols, where he was twenty plus home runs away. Can a a guy at age forty two crack that many home runs and get to seven hundred? Such an exclusive club. But Miguel Cabrera got his three. 3,000th hit earlier this year, and I think it's kind of like a record that just, um, a milestone that he got that just kind of gone maybe not as much as claim as we should have given it, considering he's Miguel Cabrera to all-time leader. And then Albert Pujols, I mean, also, when you look at his all-time hits, he's like almost 3,500 hits as well. He's like top seven all-time yeah. hits, so I think we also forget that when you look at his all-time stats, Albert Pujols. Yes, about the home runs, but also, I think you forget how much of a hit machine he was back in St. Louis. Well, there are, I'm going to list all the players who have hit 700 major league home runs with 3,000 major league hits. Hank Aaron, Albert Pujols. That's it. That's it. I thought I lost you for a second. Nope, nope, that's it. No, I tricked you. I tricked you. I was <laughs> going to put the little, I was gonna put the little refresher wheel on it. I was no, that's scared, it. Because my Wi-Fi's been acting up, so I was like, oh, did I lose those? No, no, Bonds didn't get to 3,000 hits. Now, now time's on base bonds probably because he got walked so often uh babe ruth didn't get to three thousand hits probably because he was a pitcher for the first bunch of years of his career but um you know yeah i mean cabrera is a hall of fame it, it it's great that pujols made this uh got his 700th home run as a cardinal just like it's great that cabrera was able to do this as a tiger you know like he like he didn't we didn't have to see like when jim tomei hit his 600th home run I honestly don't remember if he was a twin White Sox or Oriole because Jim Tomei bounced around so much at the end of his career. Like Steve Carlton got his 3,000 strikeout as a giant. I think I was a giant longer than Steve Carlton was a giant. Uh, like um, uh, Gaylord Perry got his 300th win with the Seattle Mariners. Randy Johnson got his 300th win with the Giants. There's so many times when you have a, a player get a huge milestone with a team you don't associate him with, you know, Dave Winfield got his 3,000th hit with the twins. Uh, I'm glad that Miguel Cabrera had that great moment with the Tigers and, and Pujols didn't do it with the angels or the Dodgers. Um, How ironic he did it in Los Angeles, the market that he was at for so many years while he did it, but did it, did it as a Cardinal and, you know, the greatest offensive Cardinal of all time is Stan Musial. The only reason it's not Albert Pujols is because Pujols spent a decade in Anaheim. Uh, but it's a, uh, he's an all-time great. Cabrera's an all-time great. And, you know, this is all, you know, the, you look at some of the stuff that happened through the year. I mean, the the other thing to look at is, you know, how can Otani continue to build his case for both the Cy Young and 
and the MVP. Uh, you know, I mean, and Judge is also chasing a triple crown, bringing up Miguel Cabrera, who's the last person to get the triple crown. I know we're not supposed to care about the triple crown anymore, but I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. And so uh, I, there's some there there are individual stats that we can look for going down the stretch that I think are a lot of fun. I still care about the triple crown. I still care about ribbies and average, even though the modern analytics don't really value those stats. I still care, still care a lot about them. I think the triple crown is pretty cool. But did you see that video when Albert Pujols hit his 700 home run? Did you see the video of Dave Roberts like cheering and then he had to stop himself because he had to remember, oh, wait, I'm the manager in the middle of a game. That's the opposing player on the other team. Let me not celebrate too hard uh, for my The Dodgers team. have clinched. The Dodgers <laughs> are going to win 110 games. You can afford – it's like someone was – uh, when uh, uh, Pujols hit a big home run against Pittsburgh, and there were some people, in the, and the people in Pittsburgh were applauding Albert Pujols. And some people were like, you know, real fans don't cheer for the other team. First of all, Pirate fans just want to cheer for something because God knows they're not going to cheer for anything on the field. But also, heaven forbid you salute someone who did a great job. You know, God for you, I have no problem. If Dave Roberts wanted to give a standing ovation to him, good. Good. Are the Dodgers in a tight pennant race right now that I'm not unaware of? It's nonsense. Yeah, it was probably. Two more games, it's the highest win total in Dodger history. I think they're okay applauding Albert Pujols. Yeah, I didn't really have any issue with that. I was at the ballpark on Friday watching the D-backs, so they had the home run come across the D-backs TV, and we all, of course, cheered. Because without the D-backs, I don't know if you know this, Sully, Albert Pujols' first home run of his career came against Arizona. So if he doesn't hit that first home run, maybe he doesn't hit the 700th home run, Sully. So without the D-backs, we might not see greatness. Uh, was it Armando Reynoso who led up the home run? That's a good uh, I question. I didn't get I didn't get that far in the research, unfortunately. Okay. Well, look at you know the I, I remember the first year the rule of seven for me, which is you really have your first concrete sports memories when you're about seven years old. When I was seven, mm. it was 19, 1979. and Carl Yastrzemski was trying to become the first American leaguer with three thousand hits and four hundred home runs, and he got the four hundredth home run earlier that year off of Mike Morgan of the A's and then he got to like 2,999 hits and kind of stalled. He went on a slump and seven-year-old Sully was following every game. They were, they were broadcasting the games on TV because Yaz was so beloved. They just, they, they didn't always broadcast every game back then, but they did. It was like a Yaz watch and I was watching and watching and they had this homestand where we went on the slump. All I needed was one more damn hit. And they were about to go on a road trip. And at one point, uh, they were playing the Yankees in 79. And at one point, I went to the bathroom in our house in Weston, Massachusetts. And I, you know, seven-year-old Sully did his business in there. And I came back to the yeah. living room. And my father was looking at me, shaking his head and said, you missed it. No. After all those games I was following, I took a crap. And I didn't think to take a crap. When the Yankees were at bat, because who gives a darn about Lou Pinella or Reggie Jackson? I went to the bathroom where the Red Sox were coming up, and I came back, and I missed his 3,000th hit. Yeah, it's probably the easiest sport. I haven't got over It's like the easiest sport to, like, not miss the action, too, because you know when the guy's coming up to the plate. You know when 
it has to be has to be in the inning has to be when it comes up to a place not like football where it could happen at any moment so that's on you i was seven unfortunately i was seven yeah. and i didn't I have one of these more where i could have brought it in, i could have brought it to the bathroom and watched it now i could have you know but you know they didn't have right, ipads we'll when you were seven Scully? no they didn't have ipads when i was seven they didn't have cable so iPod okay. touch but i think though the it's everyone is going to Yankee Stadium today. It is just an absolute surefire bet that they are all there to see Aaron Judge. And guess what? If you're making bets, go to betonline.net. It's your number one source for football betting info this season. Has football started yet? Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball. There are other sports besides baseball? MMA, boxing, oh, golf. Uh, Not miniature. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Hey, uh, let's talk about something. I thought we were going to have a spectacular down-the-stretch race in the Central when just before Labor Day, the Twins caught Cleveland dead even, and Chicago was like only, I think, one or two games back in the loss column. And I was like, here we go. Here we go. Three teams, one playoff spot, and I personally didn't have a dog in the fight. I like Francona and Cleveland. I love so many of the players mm-hmm. on the White Sox. And I love, I want the Twins to eventually win a World Series. So we finally have a coda to they were about to be contracted and now they have a World Series title. And I thought we were going to have a really cool down the stretch. And you know who did not want that? Cleveland. And you know what they did? They won 18 they- out of 21 games. They went 18 and three down the stretch, including pummeling Minnesota and Chicago. And they clinched this. They clinched Sunday afternoon um, in a game against Texas. By the way, Texas were wearing their throwback uniforms from the 70s and 80s that looked chef's kiss. But the Guardians, who are younger than every single AAA team, has gone. That's 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 not a joke. There's no AAA team that has a younger average roster age than the current Cleveland Guardians. The average age on the Guardians is 26. Average. Wow. Young team. You know, still getting carded. And they clinched. That was dead even 21 days ago. They clinched with eight games to spare. They have a whole week to rest who they need to rest, line everything up the way they need to line it up. And I, I just think, it, and and there's going to be, you know, with the Yankees have all, they've clinched a playoff spot. They have an eight game lead over Toronto right now. But obviously they're going to win. You know, their magic number is three. It could be as low as two if they win tonight. Um, and so the Yankees have it, have it wrapped up. 
And so you're basically going to see Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Seattle, who are all within just two games of each other, wrestling to see who gets what spot. And Cleveland can just, you know, they're on a seven-game winning streak. And what do I say? When's the wrong time to win seven straight games? Never. 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 So with they have a pesky lineup, a bunch of kids who are like, hey, we're not even supposed to be here. We're supposed to be in the minor leagues. We're supposed to have a curfew. And, you know, and they're going to go in if, you know, they, if they split their final games, they'll be a 90-win team. So it isn't even like, oh, man, what an embarrassment. It's an 85-win division winner. No, they're probably going to have a better record than the wild card teams. So what are your thoughts? I mean, this Cleveland team, you couldn't ask for a better. This is Colorado Rockies in 2007-esque, where they just put the aft thrusters on and ran away. Yeah, first thought. If me and you went to the bar, Sully, I think you would still get carded before I did. That's my first thought. Second thought. I look thought, young. I look young. Yeah, better than young, Sully. You it's look like a nice fine wine. It's the blue chew. Oh, okay. That's why I'm keeping you young. I see you, Sully. But yeah, I mean, because where's we the still- banner? Where's the blue chew banner? Where's I'm our not- blue chew banner? They need to hook us up with that. But because we still got these old schedules, we're still in the dinosaur age of the schedule because next season we get the new schedule. It's balanced. We play everyone in baseball pretty fairly evenly. But because we're still in the old schedule, that means at the end of the seasons, it's a lot of just playing your own divisions, playing teams that you've seen throughout the season. So for teams like the AL Central, the Cleveland Guardians, the White Sox, and the Minnesota Twins, they were all playing each other down this final month, month and a half of the season. Whoever was going to come out the division was going to be the teams that beat up on the other two this final month of the season and it was Cleveland that beat up Chicago and Minnesota either one of those other two teams could have been the one that emerged from this three-team race in the AL Central but it was the Cleveland Guardians that did it and they did it on the backs of some of their pitchers Tristan McKenzie and Shane Bieber look like two frontline starting horses for this rotation down the stretch guys like Jose Ramirez have been phenomenal all year Andre Jimenez has had a career year Stephen Kwan the rookie has been phenomenal all season as well do you see what he did today? He, he, grand the, slam he, the grand, he went three for five with five runs bad in, and his grand slam that hit in the eighth inning basically iced the division. And, Baller uh, and, all season. Yeah, and it just so many of these guys are like, yeah, none of them are going to be in the MVP conversation. I mean, I mean, Ramirez is going to – Ramirez will be get, like, top ten. He'll get, votes. Yeah. He'll get votes. But, like, no one's – you know, he slowed down a little bit. He, he, his first half, he was – but like you know, Ahmed Rosario has picked up the pace, you mm-hmm. know, and, and they can just, as, as I've said before, they could if if Cleveland wins the the wild card series against Toronto, Seattle, or uh, Tampa, then they will they would get the Yankees. Mm. This is exactly the type of team that would give the Yankees fits, because the main thing to beat the Yankees. Because we've seen their bullpen's not been great down the stretch. You know, the, the, it was fantastic the first half of the season. It's not been great the second half of the season. We know that if you can somehow pitch around Judge, you could beat this, you know, you could beat this lineup. Cleveland's pitching could shut down the Yankees lineup except for Judge. And mm-hmm. it becomes a battle of the bullpen. I give it to Cleveland every single time. And I'm not saying Cleveland's better than the Yankees. But I'm saying they could beat them three times out of five. 
if Bieber or Tristan McKenzie throws a great game, we know Cole is a talented pitcher who's prone to letting up the, uh, you know, Stacey Gotsoulias said the, the, you know, uh, Cole started, he's pitched, he was really great except for that one inning, you know? Yeah. And so, and, you know, I, the Yankees have righted their ship, but they've also been pummeling the Pirates and the Red Sox and, and some other teams that may be uh, not exactly the hardest competition at this point. Um, I would be terror. I, I don't know if I'd pick Cleveland over Houston in a short series. I still think Houston is probably the team to beat. But, man, this Cleveland team could go far for a team whose average age is nine. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if there's a team more out there than the Yankees where if one player goes down, I feel totally different about the team. And that's how it is with Aaron Judge and the Yankees because Judge like tweaks his ankle and he has to miss a couple games. I, that series feels completely different if this is the Yankees team where it compromised Aaron Judge because after Garrett Cole, like you can make the argument the the Cleveland Guardians have a better rotation than the Yankees. You can make the oh, argument, do. yeah, you can make the argument after they Judge. Do. It's a very comparable lineup. Like Rizzo's had a great season, but you could match Rizzo with guys like. Andre Jimenez or Steven Kwan that we just talked about. So outside the top studs, these teams are actually pretty comparable. It's not like this Yankees team is running away with talent. They've had historical seasons from guys like Aaron Judge, and you got one of the best pitchers in baseball like Garrett Cole. So they got some really pillars on that team. But outside the studs in that Yankees lineup and rotation, it's not like I feel like they're just ridden with depth and just amazing talent like the LA Dodgers or the Houston Astros or something like that. So one injury could change the series, and the Cleveland Guardians are going to be a team that has the talent talent and probably uh the the complementary players to also match up with the yankees if Quan is hitting and ramirez is hitting and their bullpen holds up i think the guardians can go far as for the yankees it's strange with all this they're they're the two biggest it, the biggest pieces are you need stanton and rizzo hitting mm -hmm. because yeah. if they're hitting and protecting judge if you're leaning on judge the whole time that's what happened to them in july and august when nothing was going right They've been getting contributions from other people like Glaber Torres has been playing very well recently. They got big hits from, uh, you know, the, you know, Giancarlo Stanton, especially the walk-off grand slam the other day. And they got big, uh, big home run from Rizzo the other day and uh, Harrison Bader. They finally found him in the witness protection program and yeah. put him in. And he's already been an improvement in, over Hicks in the outfield. So the Yankees can do well if those complimentary players are doing well, if, they face Cleveland, and Cleveland's pitching shuts down those other players. It almost doesn't matter what Judge does, and yeah. so it's it's Judge's supporting cast has the, all the pressure in the world on them. So and we'll one, see what happens. One, yeah, one supporting cast member we might have to worry about because I saw a report I think today on Twitter sounds like they might DFA just Aroldis Chapman. Just might might just let him go right before the postseason starts and keep him off the roster because it's not like he's been very good for the Yankees and it's probably the biggest headache Yankees fans have had over the last couple of years. So I just thought that was an interesting development the the rise and fall of Chapman over the years in New York. I've never been a fan. Uh, wow. By the way. I mean, by the yeah, way, I guess. Uh, by the way, uh, just your favorite player in baseball, uh, Mike Trout, uh, got on base four times today. Hit his thirty seventh home run. He missed like two months, didn't he? He still he ended did. up with thirty. He still ended up with thirty seven home runs. It's crazy. And, you know, he missed all that time. He still has seventy seven runs batted in. He's not going to get. He'll, he may get ninety runs batted in, and forty home runs. And missed that giant chunk of time. His OPS is is above nine eight, you know. But you no, if he 
if Chow played the full player. season, if Chow played the full season, he might have had like 45 home runs and like 120 RBIs. And let me say this real quick for the people in the back who think I'm a Mike Trout hater. I was talking about my fantasy team earlier. If I make it to the championship, another reason's gonna be because of Mike Trout. He's on my fantasy team. I I drafted him in the first round. I wanted Mike Trout at the back end of my draft because I know how good of a talent he is. He's just not the GOAT. He's not the greatest player of all time, like some people try to tell me since the modern era, since Jackie Robinson came into baseball. Yes, Mike Trout, all-time talent, but is he the GOAT? No, because you gotta have more than one playoff career if you're the GOAT. That's the end of my Mike Trout rant. I don't wanna go down a rabbit hole. Thank you. But it's very brave of you to admit that Mike Trout was a good player. Yeah. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into today's podcast. Shout out Sully Baseball Part 2 coming tomorrow. We're talking about all the managers in baseball, the guys who've been fired, guys who are unemployed and where they could go next. So we got a jam-packed pod coming for you tomorrow, Part 2. I'm going to do a monologue later this week on Aaron Judge and how baseball just isn't the isn't in the national media and I as much as it used to be in terms of how much we talk about it. Like, we don't ever see it on those sports talk shows, right? You don't ever hear about baseball on first take or anything like that. So I want to do a little monologue on Judge and how the sport has changed in terms of the national media talking about it. And as always, come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.